Hello and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 160. I am back from E3, joined by Phil Brown. That's me. And Lisa Mior. Hi. Sadly, Melanie is out today because she is sick with the cold. Well, a cold, not a, a cold. Yeah. 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 So, Lisa is filling in her place and we'll discuss the things she saw at E3 because she was on the show floor. Yeah, it was tons of fun. Lots of really good stuff this year. Okay, shall we start with the movie news, then go into E3, then what you've been playing? Or? Sure, let's yeah. do that. Okay, so, uh, yep, here we go. All right, so the first thing I got, which is bizarre, is that um, Jurassic World has already made a billion dollars, which is like... Already? Yeah, which is the fastest any movie ever has. It that beat, seems beat the, insane. It beat uh, the Avengers. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, because I, like, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was fun, but I never in a million years saw this coming, and... Yeah, apparently people love it. Um, my I, the, what's interesting, I think, about it though, is that like clearly this is pretty much just nostalgia based. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, more so than like, the movie's fun, but you know, yeah. I mean, you guys saw it, right? No, no. no okay, well, all right. Because um, <laughs> the movie, the movie's definitely fun, but it's not like it's not a great movie. It's yeah. certainly like it's probably the best of the Jurassic Park sequels, but that standard that's standard is low. Much. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it's just purely nostalgia and the brand and the fact that it didn't totally crap the bed that that did yeah. it. So that so more than anything else, I just think of like that's how much money Jurassic World made. Uh, you know, so they're making another one. Star Wars is going to make an obscene amount of money, just nonsensical amounts. Yeah, I think it could make a billion in its first weekend worldwide. That seems obscene. I think it's possible though. Is it Star Wars? Is there physically enough theaters to yeah, make that? Absolutely, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally, totally. So, um, yeah, I, I could, I, I think that could happen. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm. So, yeah, that was weird. I was unexpected. We'll see how that goes. Also, um, in addition to that, uh, Inside Out made the most money in its opening weekend that any non-sequel or remake ever has. Really? So yeah, this summer is insane for movie making because Avengers and. Uh, but Furious Seven are, right. are already in the top five highest grossing so movies movie, worldwide. So movies time. are back in theaters then. They're or? making they're making obscene sums of money. At least this is every year when you know when the year comes to an end, they always try to cry about the fact that right. profits are down. But but we didn't talk about Inside Out. This you, year should ain't we happen. Quickly touch on that. I well, know. I thought we could get to that one I do, after I do uh, the, this week's movie because we don't I don't have more than one to talk about. That's so we can do that one. And you've seen it. So. I have. Yeah. So yeah. So um, I mean, the short story is it was good. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, lots of money being made. Um, obscene amounts. Obscene amounts of yep. money. And like you know, it's not even July. Like no, we have summer's just started. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So yeah, never saw that coming, but it happened. Oh, here's exciting news. Um, they're gonna reboot the Smurfs franchise again. Yep, it's time. No, it's John time. Oliver this time. No, it's time oh. for a new generation. But and wasn't the last generation last year? Uh, two years ago. Oh, that's, Brennan, that's come too, on. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm being um, silly. I, I'm so not yeah. First in the well, they've already sure. forgotten about it. You see, exactly. the mind span of that generation. Exactly, exactly. So that's gone. They're out, and um. Forget who is listed in the cast. I think Rain Wilson's going to play the villain. Sure, That's something is it Gargamel um, again? Gargamel, yeah, he's so going to be a Gargamel. new Gargamel. Yep, and they're going to call it Get Smurfy, which is a great title. I hate everything um, about this news. Yeah, so that's a thing. That's happening. I kind of hate humanity. I now. feel like Steve Carell needs to be in this somehow. <laughs> I feel like this shouldn't exist. I don't <laughs> get it. Because, like, nothing that about, other than the fact that they're cute, there's never been anything good about the Smurfs. The no. show was stupid, the movies were horrible. Yeah. 
I don't know why they're not even cute. It. They're dumb. It must make money in merchandise. That's the only logical explanation. I want blue things. But anyway, Noom Smurf's coming, so get ready because all your dreams are going to come true. You mean Nightmares, right? I'm seeing sure. It. Sure. Real theme of this whole nostalgia factor for everything. I mean, like, the only reason why they've been making this are Smurfs is because somebody was really nostalgic about them and just no one was felt the yeah, need to make this movie I think again said, and again. Yeah. I think they just had a license. Like, let's use this license. Sure. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, next one, this is a weird one. Uh, Rob Zombie announced his new movie, and it's going to be a Groucho Marx biopic. Which... Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, except for the fact that... Um, is that in the fact that I like no, I've heard him say before he's a fan of Groucho Marx. Like all the characters and corpses are named yeah. off of Groucho Marx yeah. characters, and there's a, actually a scene like Devil's Reject stops at one point for a round about Groucho Marx. So in a weird way, it does make sense, but, but it's it also strange. crazy. It is strange. It's very strange, and I guess it all sprung from there was some new biography written over the last couple of years by a woman, the woman who was like his caretaker in yeah. those last years. So she got to hear like some dark stories that Groucho never really told but, publicly. Like, dark enough for Rob Zombie? Yeah, he said he wants... It's going to be like a Sunset Boulevard type thing, but with Groucho Marx. Uh, Which is insane. He could go the horror route with it, too. Who knows? You never know. Who knows? I'm excited, I have to say. I... See, here's the thing. I like Rob Zombie. I think Rob Zombie is an interesting filmmaker. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever a great filmmaker. He, He relies on tropes a little too much. But they're more horror movies. They're, yeah, they're, all horror movies are driven by tropes. I know, I just... I don't know. So what tropes did he use for this, then? Biopic tropes. Yeah, biopic, just but, like, straight up biopic tropes. He's already said that, Yeah, like, five seconds ago. But it'll be intriguing. Eh. I don't know. I like it. I think His dialogue's always been so bad. I completely disagree. Really? I think he writes great dialogue, I'm... yeah. Sometimes he gets a little too much into the fussing and cussing, and, and depends yeah. on that a little too thoroughly. But no, he, I think, he's I think intri- he relies too much on the Southern Gothic look. Yeah, well, American he didn't. Gothic. The last two, he didn't. That was just for uh, Devil Rejects and Corpses. corpses yeah. yeah, those really relied on the uh, American Gothic. Yeah, but that was the look. Eh, I don't like American Gothic. Maybe I'm just. Maybe it's just his movies. I just didn't like the subject matter, and maybe that's right. why I don't like him. I don't know. Fair enough. I, well, I personally am a big fan of his movies. That's I'm fair. excited to see him do. something I do not different. disagree with you liking that. Yeah, I'm excited to see him something do something different. That's just such a wildly bizarre thing. That I I'll see what he does. To see what happens. With yeah. It. All right, finally, uh, not finally, I have some other ones under this, but <clears throat> we're getting, yeah, they have Spider-Man, they announced Spider-Man yeah, finally. Yeah, sure. So the kid's Tom Holland, who uh, hasn't been in much, he was in The Impossible, which I saw, and I remember him being pretty good in it, but I don't remember anything about it, really. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so what's interesting, though, is he is, like, very visibly a teenager. Yes, very much so. Which I, kind of, which I like. I, like I think that's a good that move. That's it different. also gives them room to grow because they, they want yeah. Spider-Man to be in this universe exactly. for a long time. Exactly, they keep time. around for a while. And it's also going to be like a very different dynamic for him to play off of everyone else in the Spider-Man universe. I mean, it's going to be the first time in a Spider-Man movie where you don't feel, that guy's in his mid-20s in yeah. high school. That's kind of weird. Totally. And it's, it'd just be interesting to see like him be such so clearly a teenage superhero yeah. amidst all the other adults that's, that are in that And world. very... They are well-established actors for the rest of the roles. So yeah. Um, who does Thor? I forget. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. You have um, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans. Yeah, those are massive actors. Paul Star. Yeah. Paul Star. Paul Rudd. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. The whole gang. Yeah, and they're a lot more established actors. But this totally. One, having someone that actually is younger and actually playing that role as it was meant to be written. Yeah. I think that's a good move in Marvel's part. Well, Sony's. 
Who it's did, Marvel and Sony. Together. It's together. It's collaboration. So I wonder how those casting meetings, do they have both cast? Yeah, well, they actually had him and the other three... Uh, Butterfield? Butterfield, yeah, Butter, Butterfield and two other people whose name I forget. Mm. It must have been heartbreaking for those guys because all of them apparently came... All of them had to go to the set of Civil War. Yeah. They shut down production and they did screen tests with like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, wow. and all the Avengers, basically. And so it must have been so frustrating to go from that point for all of them to not get yeah. it. And then this kid, it's obviously his life's changed forever. So, yeah, there's that. And then they they have the filmmaker as well who's going to do the solo <coughs> film. And I, I honestly, my this phone is, shut down again, yeah. so I don't have his name. I, give me a second. Is messed up. That. Um, I really do think this is a good move on Marvel and Sony's part. Yeah. Sony finally is having a movie that Spider-Man always should have been. I think the second movie, the first and second movie were good. Mm. The third movie was just nonsense. Yeah. I think it had good elements, but they wanted to push too much in there. There's just too many people involved. Yeah. There are too many chefs in the kitchen on that one. And I think this is basically Marvel saying, here's what, Sony, here's what you have to do to make a good movie. Mm. Do this. Follow this, basically, outline. Yeah. And you'll make a good superhero movie. Yeah. And they've made it clear that the Marvel Studios is going to be heavily involved. In yeah, I think that's happen. good. I mean, the problem with Sony is it likes being too involved with the movies. It, it mm. does focus groups at movies. And we saw this from their... Um, leak emails that they do focus group the movies to hell. Yeah, they do. But yeah. it wasn't... It, and it was also that all the Spider-Man movies they made were all made with a gun to their head because their primary goal was to make them before their copyright yeah. expired. Rather and I think this this way it gives them some leniency. It lets them kind of work with the thing they're doing. Yeah. And actually lets a, a movie be good rather than just trying to jam as many characters in as you physically can because yeah. you've heard Venom tests well in certain screenings. Yeah, God willing. Um, so, hang on. Let me get the director's name up here because I hadn't heard him before. He's only done a couple things. Interesting, though. Uh, he's got one movie that was at Sundance called Cop Car that's about a, a, a teens who uh, steal uh, yeah. racist Southern cop played by Kevin Bacon's car and go on a rampage. It's supposed to be quite good. Okay. Um, but obviously it hasn't come out yet. Um, that's movie's going to do uh, dramatically better now than it, it would have Most of these things do, yeah. Um, because now everyone knows the guy that did Okay, yeah, here we go. His, so his name is um, Joss Watts. So he's got I've, that. I've, I've heard of him before. He made a horror movie called Clown, which I did not see. I he also uh, did a lot of stuff for The Onion. Um, oh, nice. Which is cool, because that obviously sense of humor. I, I think um, they, need, nice. they need some humor And the one thing that he did that I have seen is um, he did that uh, viral video that when they did that scene-for-scene scene remake of Robocop yeah. that was like crown-footed, and he's the one that did the one with all the exploding dicks. Oh, nice. That was him. So I'm basing my opinion purely on that, and on that I'm excited. That's great. Fair, yeah. yeah, so he seems like a fun guy. What I, yeah, what I like is that they're, they've gone, you know, the traditional... Right with Marvel, yeah. getting unknown people, and that and that uh, they've made it clear that there's the teenage thing, and also they're going for a very uh, heavy sense of humor. And, uh, I think that's a good way. To, to go. I think that's good. Yeah. On the what other do you think, st- Lisa? You have not said anything this entire yeah. segment. <laughs> <laughs> you, I take it you care for Spider-Man about as much as Mel does. No, I actually like Spider-Man. Okay. So yeah. Are you excited by all this? Uh, it's all first time for me hearing it. So yes, okay. Okay. I'm very excited about it. Actually, <laughs> it sounds it sounds like something I'd like. Okay. I missed I missed all the humor from the comics. It was all very forced in the last reboots of it for sure but come on didn't you love the bad emo peter parker yeah 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 emo emo spider-man has always been my favorite spider-man absolutely yeah taking the dark and gritty approach to just make a whole franchise off him quite feel right no spider-man's always fun yeah and well yeah absolutely and that's the thing that like people forget is those first ones that sam raimi did they really did set the tone for marvel movies that they still use today because before then like the only Marvel movies that existed were the X, the early yeah. X Men ones, which were dark, and not even done in a Marvel way. So people forget that, but they kind of yeah. No, I mean like the everything. first Spider Man movies were very well done. Yeah, I mean 
they still look dated today, but they were done. Oh, they're well. pretty great. The second one holds up incredibly well, and, and but even just like the color scheme yeah. and the way they shot them and everything, they're still getting knocked off. <laughs> kind of a horrible movies. So yeah, I agree with you. So yeah, so that'll be fun. All right, and then the other side of things, um, it's just a rumor, but I'm sure it'll come up to be true yet, which is and it was inevitable, which is that it looks like uh, Ben Affleck will be directing the first straight Batman movie. I'm okay with that. Which of course he will. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, who I cares? Just don't care anymore. Yeah, I just that's don't care. Thing. Yeah. It's fine. But that's frustrating. Cause, but what's also weird to think about it is that that's going to come out in 2018. And so between now and then, if you include the Justice League movies, yeah. that'll be like the fifth movie where he's played Batman. I'm, I'm over I it. I feel like I'm going to be sick of it by then. But I also want to bring up the um, rumors about The Rock in the Rampage Yeah, movie. that was actually the last yeah. thing. I was saving that. Which is, that's pretty fun. Yeah, that's amazing. I have to say. I don't, is he going to be a monster? Is he gonna I, hope that, I hope it ends with them blowing him up super size so he yeah. fights the Godzilla and King Kong. I, I hope off. so. I mean, that game's dumb. It is, but that's fun. That's really, really fun. I can't wait to try that. I mean, that, that ga- game series is super dumb. Yeah. And to, just to see them kind of follow through with just stupidity, I'm all for that. Yeah, if they do, we'll see. Um, but if you haven't remember, they did, The Rock's been in lots of failed movie, to ga- uh, game to movie projects. Remember... Um, did Doom. That was about as horrible as it gets. I'm not sure what I, he remembered. Do you, do you know what he was talking about? No. Okay, well, we'll just move on then. How do you feel about Rampage? Uh, I, that I, good, huh? I, yeah. Awesome. I've, I've got nothing. This is another, I don't know what you guys are talking about yet. So. Okay, so Rampage is that old video game where you basically play King Kong, Godzilla, and you go through a city, side-scroller. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're talking about making a movie about that with The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's exciting, right? That's very exciting. Yeah, I get to see the rock punch a monster in the face. Or be the monster. No, he's going to be the hero. He's going to be the hero? Yeah, they said uh, that. Uh, well, I'm hoping that it ends with them making him supersize and fighting monsters. Because it feels like that was an inevitability. Mm-hmm. That one day he would do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for that. Um, I guess, yeah, do you want to get started on our E3 section? Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, get into it. What'd you see? What'd you play? What'd you like? Oh, man, I played lots of stuff. Um, I think currently right now, one of my favorite things just that I played was Battleborn. Right. I'm not an FPS person. No. I play a lot of RPGs. Yes. And so going to play an FPS and actually coming out away with, I want to play more of it, I want to enjoy yeah, it, yeah. was kind of the big thing for me. Cool. So what is this one like? I don't know if I necessarily saw footage right. of that one. So this one is... Really colorful characters. There's a huge cast of characters that you can play for. And the, the yeah. big thing, the big draw for this is that there's so many different player types and uh, character types and genre types that they all touch on. There's literally a player for everyone in this mm. game. So you will find somebody you are extremely excited about playing. Mm. And um, it's uh, by the same people that did uh, Borderlands. So okay. you know it's going to be yeah. quirky stories, a sense of humor. great sense of humor. Yeah. Like there's, there's little... Uh, taunts that you can do throughout the game, and there's multiple taunts, so you never really get the same view all the time. Cool, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. Um, So you're playing this team of 25 heroes who were originally battling each other um, to, to, I don't know, just take ownership of the universe, um, who come together when they realize that there's one star left, and there's an evil force that's out to destroy that one star. And uh, so they come together and they're battling this evil force and saving the universe kind of thing. And yeah, it's just, it's really fun. The characters are extremely colorful. There's so many different range type characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really easy to master 
yeah. right away. Like I, I mastered it by the end of the first round of playing. Nice. And the they have this really unique uh, system where you level up. You can level up within one match, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like a set level up that you do. Um, and the more you play, the more uh, abilities you unlock that stay with you permanently. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes a lot of uh, a character a character um, customization through the whole thing. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. And sweet. Yeah. yeah, it's really fun. Um, nice. Anything else really jump out of you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Unraveled was okay. probably one of the biggest. Yeah, that was a surprise for a lot of Yeah. Unraveled? So Unraveled is another side-scroller. Um, oh, sweet. I love ad- those. An adventure side-scroller. So yeah. you play you play this little character called Yarny. Yeah, yeah. Yarny is this little red yarn thing. Okay. And uh, he unravels to and uses his string body to get him through all sorts of different obstacles. Oh, so he can like swing on stuff. Yeah, you can swing on stuff, you can build bridges, jump off, yeah. Well, there's no, there's no battling. Okay, okay. There's no battling, but you can get around things, you can tie and climb the, climb your little, um, rope (laughs) yarn thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, throughout the whole thing, it's, it's evoking a very nostalgic feel of family and love. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to talk to the artist and he wasn't really, his, his, idea was that the yarn ties together memories of someone's life but he's very vague as to why the the whole motif behind all of that but you right. make your interpretations yeah, for yourself yeah. obviously and it's really a beautiful art design because it looks so realistic yeah. the initial um, the uh, art art design for it came from when the art director was camp- away camping and they needed some screenshots for like, to, they, to need a concept. they need Pardon? a concept. They need, they need a concept, concept art, yeah. yeah, for the for uh, for the uh, initial uh, release of the whole thing. And so they he went foraging through other campsites, just trying to look for some something he could make uh, characters out, into. Yeah. yeah, so he found some yarn, and he was able to make a little mock up of Yarny. And so he took pictures of Yarny in different scenarios um, in. In the wilderness, kind of. It's hilarious. Does the game still look handmade like that? It really does. Like it looks. Yarn going through the woods it or? looks yeah. like a piece of yarn going through like a real woods. That's it's cool. Really pretty. Yeah. Really fun. I could have sat there and played it all day. It's great. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you, Brandon? What did you see? Well, how about I list off a few titles and you say what you want to hear about? Okay. Uh, so Mirror's Edge Two. Sorry. Mirror's Edge Two. Okay. How's uh, that? Want me to start with that, or do you actually want to go list the rest of the titles? And you can uh, let's go through them all. Then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mirror's Edge 2, Master of Orion, mm-hmm. uh, more wargaming stuff like um, uh, World of Tanks for consoles. I know you care so much about I that. I do. I can't yeah. wait for that. There is a market. There, no, I, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. It is one of the biggest free-to-play games right now, and there's a reason for that. It's yeah. just not for me. Yeah. Um, I saw the new Need for Speed title. Right. I saw XCOM 2. New uh, Beyond Earth expansion. Right. Uh, well, this is great radio. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's really good. Did we just the thing is, you see so much, you just. I know. Yeah. Well, what did you really like? like uh, let's go with. Um, I really game? loved Mirror's Edge Two. Had a great feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's the problem I have. Much like the first game, because you always have to be pushing forward with a lot of speed. Yeah. It hurts your hands because you have yeah. that push in the, uh, the uh, left thumbstick to move fast. And doing that over the course of an hour kills your hand because yeah, yeah. you're constantly digging your, digging your hand into the groove in this control stick. Right, right. So for me, I played it on, I believe, 
think it was an Xbox 360. It might have been a PS4. I'm, okay. I'm not sure. I just don't remember. It might have been PC. Yeah. Um, and it looked good. It looked fantastic. I love the stark art style they have. Have you, have you played the first one? No. So it's a lot of whites and bright colors mm -hmm. with re stark red. So whenever you see anything that you can interact with, it's a bright red color. Mm -hmm. You can either jump, uh, jump across it, under, scroll under it, um, run across it. Oh, this is the parkour game. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So that all looked fantastic. But as I said, this one is moving. So it's a larger open world. So it's not just mission-based. It's like objective-based. So you go to like... Mm find a map, uh, like a run mission, or you find a um, like sabotage mission, or a graffiti mission, or a combat mission, you just, and you just pick the ones you want to do and progress the story that way. But it's, with any open world game, if you're constantly moving around this large world, needing to have that thumbstick pressed, it will get tiring. And that's, and that's where I found the problem with the game, is the overall, com the overall combat, the overall uh, ability to move really quickly works really well. Nice. But because you always have to be, have that forward momentum, yeah. a forward momentum rather, yeah. I can see it getting very tiring. Yeah. Much like in Batman or any of the other games, when you have to constantly move around the world to get to anything you want to do, mm. it gets tedious. It gets tedious. Yeah. And it's really hard to see how they're going to work with fast travel or any of that stuff. They haven't really talked about that right now. But it looks good. It looks like it's interesting because they're giving you a world that you get to explore in your own leisure. You get to kind of figure out this woman's storyline. This is the prequel to the... Uh, I think it's a 2008 game. Yeah, something like that. So I think it could be really good. Yeah. But the real question is, will it hold up when you're dealing with 30 hours of running around a city? And yeah. that's where my question lies. I think the overall gameplay mechanics are there. I think they were there in 2008. It's more a question, will it get tiring? Will you continue wanting to push forward in this game? Yeah. yeah. But overall, visual, visual design and overall story design seem like it's really well done. Mm -hmm. But as I said, it's, it's all up in the air how that's actually going to play yeah. out. Yeah. You guys didn't. Neither of you guys tried Star Fox. Uh, I did not. I did try. That's um, the one I was. That, that I was. I've I been waiting to, for that for many a year. I did. I, I, I should mention the um, Metroid Fusion Federation. Right, 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 right. How was that? I did talk to the director of that. Oh, cool. So, I played the Blast Ball, which is their kind of mode from the game. It's basically the tutorial mode. Okay. They don't really, they're not really showing the full game right now. They're okay. just more a trailer that exists. It's first person still? It's first, but it's, it's by the same director as, same producer, what, same guy that did um, the first two, uh, first three Metroid Prime games. Yeah. So it has that same feel. Yeah. So you have the um, first person, you have all the basic moves Samus had, but you're in like a power suit rather yeah. than the Samus armor that she has. And um, this one's a co-op game. So, oh, cool. so what people are upset about right now is the fact that you're not playing as Samus. People are really upset by this fact. Right. People don't believe there should be a Metroid game unless you're playing Samus. Right. And I directly asked the guy about that, and he was basically upfront and saying, "Don't judge this game till you play it." Yeah, I'm sure there, Samus there, will be there. Oh no, guarantees already should be. Samus is in the game. Yeah. You're just not playing her, and there's a yeah. reason for that because it's a co-op game. The creator of Metroid and this guy. Basically sat down and said, no, it makes no sense there's four Samus's went around. That does not work with the universe. That makes no sense. Mm. So they decided, no, there's going to be four separate characters that you're playing as. And that mm. way, it takes out the need to have a reason why there's four Samus's or anything yeah. like that. So Samus is in the world. You'll see her. This isn't the same universe as all the other Metroid Prime games. So it has impact in that universe. Mm. It's just you're not playing as Samus. You're still re reacting to the world. You're still experiencing some similar things you've seen in the other Metroid mm. Prime games. 
you're just not playing as her. And that's, that's fair. Yeah. And there isn't any single-player components? No, there's, uh, he's, they're very vague on that right now, yeah. as with anything that's yeah, yeah, yeah. sometime in 2016, yeah. and it's Nintendo, so it can yeah. be up in the air. There will be a component that is story-driven, okay. and there will be some multiplayer-driven stuff. But they aren't saying if you can play as one person or whatever. I believe, uh, according to the press release, like the uh, fact sheet, it says one to four players in single-player. Mm. So I'm guessing that it does allow you to play as one player, yeah. but... It'll still be a co-op. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So right now, it's all up in the air. I'm sure there, it's a lot of it's still in flux right now, but it does let you... You can play it single-player, because it's a 3DS title. You, you can't always ensure there's someone else to play mm. it. Mm-hmm. It looks okay. Like, cool. when I played the Blast Bulb, which is the component, they're, they're either releasing it as a demo or something else that you can kind of play before the game, because they yeah. are saying that is early 2016, and the game is late 2016. Gotcha. But that will also be a mode in Federation Force. Mm. Um, it basically, like, it's done by the guys that did Mario Strikers. You ever play that? Yeah, uh, that's the football, football one. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the um, soccer one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can tell, it has that soccer feel to it, so you um, basically have a giant ball in the map. Mm. And he, the creator was talking about how that is a big ball to make sure that even new players to the franchise could understand how to kind of use the controls, right. jump in, figure out how to play the game, and then jump to the single-player co-op experience and know what to do. Yeah. So it's really built as a mode that gets you into the action quickly, gets you understanding what to do quickly, mm. and makes it so it feels all accessible. And I really think that worked. Cool. But as I said, it's, it, they really were being vague about what to expect from this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's were, Nintendo. They, they were only announcing that for now. Exactly, yeah. so... Yeah, what else did Nintendo announce? Starbucks just captured my imagination. A Super announced. Mario Maker. That's right. That one looks really yeah interesting. Um, from what I saw, and I, I believe um, some of our other people played it, it basically just lets you make a Mario game. And there's different tile sets that lets you go through. So if you want to have the Mario 3 tile set, you can have that one. If you yeah. want to have the Mario 2 tile set, you can have that one. So it lets you kind of go through and play that, uh, make a Mario game the way you want. Yeah. You can also alter different blocks based on the way you want to work. Now, I didn't catch this. I wanted to know, do you, it, it, did they say anything about being able to interact with other people's worlds as they carry it? I can't imagine they'd have that game without it. That's yeah, they haven't, deal, right? they haven't been clear about that. Yeah, though. they haven't said oh, anything really? about it. Yeah, wow. it's very I mean, I'm sure they it's have, They haven't had that discussion on there. They smart enough. Yeah. Like I mean, the they say there's online <laughs> components, so I'm imagining it let you can... If you don't have a, like a world of worlds you can explore, yeah. there'll probably be ways to can invite people to be in your worlds. I certainly hope so. There has to be. Yeah. Um, but I didn't play that first hand. I just saw it being played, so it's really hard yeah, for me to yeah, judge. Yeah, yeah. That's um, fun. What other? Oh, Beyond Eyes, which is the one that kind of captured a lot of people's imaginations. Which is what? It is the game of being blind. Oh. And how that game works is you basically are given a, a character that she, as a toddler, she got into an accident that caused her to lose her sight. Right. She has then been sheltered on a little farm area for most of her life. But then her cat runs away. Mm. So she then decides to go after her because, you know, we want to yeah, find her cat. Of course. But how you interact with the world is based on basically your cone of concept. Mm. So you have a, a small area around your character that you know. Yeah. Beyond that, you have sound. So you'll have, you'll see vague images of like water running and okay. birds chirping and things like that in the distance, but you won't know what, what it is until you get closer. So until you actually have it close in your field of view, you're only basing it on what you know as a character that lived on the farm. Right. So one example was you hear like clothing um, moving in the breeze. So when you're in your mind, it looks like clothing on a clothesline. Yeah. 
as you approach, you find out it's a scarecrow with like a bit of like tattered clothing oh, cool. on it. So it's really the use of sound and the use of very stark visuals, because basically it's a white world mm. with small things showing through it and your field of view. That's interesting. My problem with it is I think it's a great concept, but I also can see people getting frustrated with it because yeah. it is an ex a game of exploration. Puzzles yeah. are basically your experience of the world. So I ran into a puzzle where you had basically a black fog blocking a certain path. And you could hear loud whizzing and like honking beyond this fog. So what does that symbolize? It symbolizes a road, but you've never experienced a road, so you just hear it as this loud thing of noise. Mm. And it isn't until you find a pole with a button on it that lets you go past this obstacle. Right. So the everyday becomes a challenge. And that's an interesting way to kind of approach a game. You yeah, no longer feel powerful, you feel powerless in the world. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to deal with that sort of world. Yeah, it's interesting. I certainly never played anything like that. And I think, it's, I think it's really cool, but I can see people getting frustrated with it because you're taking away the power from the player rather than giving power to the player. Yeah, I guess, but at least it's a different No, I think, it, I think it's yeah. great. I think it looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... It's a good, it's a good con contribution to this growing trend of empathy games and yeah. games that are building empathy. And I think mm. uh, as like, more companies start developing things like that, we'll be able to, like, I, like Brendan says, get over some of these things that may be frustrating that we don't really think about because it's the first time we're actually exploring yeah, that totally. kind of thing, right? Yeah, definitely. That's really nice. And did either of you try any uh, like virtual reality games? I did. You did? Which try? I tried uh, Time Machine from Minority Media. Okay. And I've been going on about this game since I tried it at PAX, the first okay. preview of it. And so essentially, they're using first-person shooter mechanics to turn you into a scientist that goes back into time and research dinosaurs and collect data on dinosaurs and things like that. Cool. So it's really incredible, and th it could only be played as a virtual reality game yeah, yeah, the way yeah. I've seen it. Um, I, uh, so, so essentially what happens is you're, you're being... Uh, you're hired by this scientist who has a dream that they want to get as much information about dinosaurs and learn more and create this database. Uh, so you go into this time suit and you have the ability to put probes and scan uh, dinosaurs underwater. So, uh, and it's intense, uh, they're, and, and actually very challenging. I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do with the mechanics because, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had a difficult time with a lot of it, to be yeah. honest. Um, but the, like the first time that you go into this giant, I don't know, fish dinosaur thing, you go into its mouth and you're about to be swallowed. I actually screamed. It was just the, the detail that they put into it. You can, yeah. like, they really treated it as a, like they really used the um, virtual reality platform to its fullest. Amazing. And they and they could, and they've got like they've they've made so many games since the mm -hmm. last time I saw it a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I I see real poten potential if, for this game. I I really feel like it's going to be a, a huge thing when it's cool. finally done. Very if they keep up at this pace. Yeah. 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 I, I was very excited about this game. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Was that the only one that you saw? Um, reality? I saw one called The Assembly. Okay. Um, and the thing about that one, it's, it's the other platform that I guess would work really well for uh, VR would be a puzzle game. So this is a puzzle oh, okay. game and you go to this underground secret science facility that are doing gray area experiments that the government shouldn't doesn't want to know about kind of okay. thing and um it's 
it, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it doesn't necessarily, like, th they put detail in the sense that you can look up and about around things from, from what I saw. The puzzles could have been solved without virtual reality. I mean, if they, I mean, it's, again, it's still in its pre-stages, so mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they'll, if they, you know, really use the platform properly, like, create puzzles that you really do actually have to duck under and look under things, right. make it, make it very VR as opposed to something that I could just easily play on my, my PC. Right, right. So, um, so that was kind of cool. And another one that everyone was really excited about was Drift. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You must have, you saw yeah, the, I saw the gameplay demo. of that one. So essentially you're a, a, a you're a drift in space. Yeah, it's that's it. Like, oh, like, oh, like it's gravity. It's yeah. basically gravity, the game where you have to keep like finding oxygen in space. So oh, that sounds intense. And it's all virtual reality, so you have like you're just kind of floating there, and the up is down kind of thing. Yeah, it's a great idea. Do great soundtrack. Any, do they have any horror games? Horror uh, VR there? I didn't see any. No, they did, but I didn't get a chance yeah. to play any of them. No. Yeah. The, the thing that I I have to admit the announcement I was most excited about was obviously that they're doing another South Park game. Yeah, that was that was surprising. That was a huge shock because they made it very clear they had zero interest in doing it. Yep. And now they are, and it even looked a little bit like they were shifting genres and it's going to be more of an adventure game. It's going to be. It's going to take the role of from the adventure game. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. adventure superhero thing yeah. they did on the show. Which sounds great. I yeah, I great. love that. I love that it's Coon and Friends. It's great. They already had Mintberry Crunch in the trailer. Yeah. One of my favorite characters of all time. Mintberry Crunch. Exactly. So yeah, no, I was. That was a huge shock. I couldn't believe it. I liked. How, yeah. I liked that they were there. I liked that they made fun of their headsets immediately. Um, yeah. No, I. I, I just, yeah, I never yeah. imagined there'd be another one. I couldn't be more excited. I can't wait for the next four years to pass so I can finally play it. Exactly. Because, unfortunately, uh, should we get, I'm in uh, no rush for that. Let's do one more game we saw at E3, then move okay. into movies. <clears throat> Sounds good. What do you want that game to be? Let's go into Just Cause 3. Okay. Uh, so I got to talk why? to... Why? Just Cause? Just Cause. <laughs> uh, that's why it's called Just Cause. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I talked to, I believe, the producer of the game. Yeah. That game is really just designed to show chaos. And I yeah, think, yeah. But it was interesting because I talked to him about the fact that they are trying to make a little bit more weight to what's going on because this is his home, like, home place. So mm. he has some connection to it. It's not just causing chaos. He isn't, he's no longer wearing the black leather jacket with the spurs and, like, mm. the, He's now a little bit more grounded. He looks more like a real character. Right. But it also, they've upped the, like, the ridiculous factor as well. Because yep. they now have, you know, your grappling hook you always know. But you can now tether that to different things. So you can make things just kind of like, hit each other and like swing around each other and have a lot more verticality that you haven't really seen in previous games. Cool. Uh, so from the demo they showed, it really seems to have that level of just... Um, just complete chaos, and yeah, that, yeah. I think that really works with what they're doing. Fun. Yeah, it's basically just fun. Yeah. Was it possible to play the footage that they showed from Uncharted, or was that just a presentation? Only? That was just basic presentation. That's too bad. That's, that made me excited. Yeah, I mean, apparently it is playable on the show floor. I just didn't get a chance to play it. Right. Apparently it's good. I mean, well, it's the same thing. I mean, it's it basically the same thing. Play, yeah. I mean, but it's just a bigger world, right? Yeah, it's a bigger yeah, world. It's, yeah. it's much more open. Yeah. So I mean, it, I like the fact they're kind of pushing forward with that, and I think that's good. Um, cool. I'm, I'm kind of done with that series after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got one more. Exactly. One more, then I'm done. Yeah. Uh, shall we move into movies, then? Let's do it. All right. So, the big release this week is Ted 2, which I saw. And, yeah, it's pretty well as good as the first one. I mean, like, you know, I was saying before that Seth MacFarlane has about as set a formula as anyone 
and like the movie has a plot. It's about how <clears throat> Ted gets married to his um, cashier girlfriend from the first movie, and and after a few months, they have a horrible marriage, which leads to a pretty funny scene where. Like, he's wearing a wife beater, and it's almost like a raising bull abusive marriage situation, but with a teddy bear, which I enjoyed. And then they decided that in order to save the marriage, they'd have a kid, which is, like, the best reason to have a child. And, um, but he doesn't have any genitalia, being a teddy bear, so they go on a, fee- they go on a search for sperm for a little while, um, and that ends about as well as you'd imagine. A lot of spilled liquids and awkward celebrity cameos. And then they end up um, trying to do. <laughs> they end up deciding to do an adoption, um, and uh, when that do- that doesn't go through because they decide he isn't a person because he's a teddy bear, and as a result of that he loses all his human rights. So then it turns into a like courtroom drama okay. parody kind of thing where they're going to court where uh, the now single Mark Wahlberg uh, hooks up with uh, stoner lawyer Amanda Seyfried, and with Ted they go to try and prove that he's a person. So. Um, yeah, all that happens, but ultimately, like, it's all pointless. Like, yeah. all, like any Family Guy episode, or Ted, or anything else that's up in Farland's Thumb, like, there is a story, and there are characters, simply because you can't, like, make a TV show movie without those two elements, but they mean nothing, and it's really just a clothesline to hang jokes on. And but are they good jokes? They are good jokes. They are good okay. jokes. There's a lot of jokes. It definitely has the most jokes of any movie in the summer. I think that goes without saying. Okay. Yeah, there's, like, pretty well every few seconds. Um, and, and enough of them hit that it's great. There's some really, really good ones. And it's all the standard stuff. A lot of ridiculous pop culture referencing. A lot of celebrity cameos. There's a great scene when uh, Liam Neeson shows up to try and buy a box of tricks and gets into a very heated debate about whether or not there would be any legal ramifications for him buying tricks as an adult. That sounds mu- that's much funnier than it sounds, particularly <laughs> when it's Liam Neeson uh, doing it. And, yeah, they cover pretty well every taboo they can without it being, you know, insightful. Just good old-fashioned shock comedy. And, yeah, I, I, I had a good time. I mean, look, like, it's a movie about a pothead teddy bear. There's limitations with what one, what one can do with that, especially when it's a sequel about a movie with Mark Wahlberg okay. and a pothead teddy bear. But your expectations are already at a Seth MacFarlane level when yeah, you totally. go into a movie like that anyway. So this is what you want, Absolutely, right? yeah. And if that's what you want, that's exactly what you'll get. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just being defensive about it because I went to see it with a bunch of film critics who were like, this oh. is nonsense. And I was like, yeah, but... When you but it's know, a Seth MacFarlane movie. what it was going to be. Want? And what's wrong? Like, I heard you laugh. Why are you pretending you didn't laugh now? So, yeah. So, but yeah, so like, if you, li- if you like that stuff, you're going to enjoy it. it. I'd say I enjoyed it about as much as the first one. Um, same deal with the first one where there's probably about 20 minutes in the two hours that's not great, but, you know, that's not bad. That's hey, still, that's still just 20 chunk. minutes? Yeah, that's still a good chunk of good, and lots of laughs, so I had a great time with that. So yeah, if you felt inclined to do that, definitely do so, as long as your expectations are at an appropriate level. And then I guess the next thing I'll talk about is uh, in, Inside Out. Did you see Inside Out? I haven't seen it. You I'm so excited to see it. Yeah. So it's now it's great. Pixar decided feelings need feelings. Yes, feelings so, need feelings. Feelings need feelings. Um, yeah, no, that was the last. Uh, yeah, so that was. Uh, yeah, that was last week's movie um, when we didn't have a podcast. So we'll talk about it now, I guess. Um, especially since I already am talking about it. Um, and yeah, so it's all set within the uh, brain of eleven-year-old girl, which is run by her emotions: uh, joy, which is Amy Poehler; anger, which is Lewis Black; uh, disgust, which has been the. Kaling, uh, Sadness, which is, God, I always forget the actress's name, but the sad woman from yeah. The Office. The one, the only one it could be. And, uh, and <laughs> Bill Hader as uh, Fear. 
And I have to say one thing though. Yeah. <clears throat> the way I didn't feel that the characters, the voice actors took away from the characters they were. Like you yeah, did. I did not. Okay. So I mean, um, often when you just use celebrity voice actors, you only see that actor when you're looking at that character. Yeah. I didn't feel that with this movie. No, it was because they were all cast well. Like, exactly. It wasn't just that it was the stunt of having Amy Fuller no, exactly. do any character. It was that she was actually the perfect choice to play someone who's irrationally happy, which is important because that's the type of person who would get incredibly irritating very quickly. Exactly. Anyone uh, other yeah. than her, it didn't have a certain sense of irony. And I think that all worked really well. Whereas yeah. I can see another studio like um, DreamWorks doing something similar, but having just whatever big name they could get in whatever role they could play. Yeah, totally. And Pixar's really good about that, and this one was one where they, like, went the stunt casting route, which they rarely do, and they did it really well. And, um, so, anyway, yeah, so that's the cast, and, uh, the plot is basically the little girl's family moves, a Britzer from Minnesota moves to San Francisco, which is obviously not the greatest experience for her, and, oh, and I forgot to mention, yeah, so all the, yeah, the emotions run her mind, and, uh, her, they are in charge of registering her memories every day, and she has several core mo- memories that define her personality, and thus far, they've all been defined by joy, but now that she's moved to a new place, uh, she gets a new core memory that's by sadness, which freaks right. everyone out, because Joy's normally in charge, Joy and sadness fight over the emotion, they get sucked out of her mind, and end up having to go on a classic Pixar road journey through her imagination, subconscious, and uh, dream worlds while uh, anger, disgust, and fear run her mind, which obviously leads to not great behavior. Yeah. Um, so it's both simultaneously uh, like a classic sort of Pixar adventure movie in a really fun way. There are a lot of really inspired visual gags, like... Um, I mean, she has like an imaginary boyfriend that's just priceless. And, I loved uh, imaginary. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and um, you know, a lot of uh, they they like when when they get into her dream world. Her dream world is sort of like a movie set where yep. they're playing off her fears and everything, which was very clever. And yeah, yeah. And uh, oh yeah, and then they have an imaginary friend named Bing Bong, which is part elephant, part. Who did the voice for that one again? Richard Kind. That makes sense. Who's the best? And uh, yeah, and that was very. And then sort of that leads into the emotional metaphor element, which is like Bing Bong, although being a very funny character, is also tragic because he's someone who has to accept. He's like, trying to accept his death. I was talking to numerous people bit. about this movie, <clears throat> and parents apparently have the biggest reaction to a lot of these characters because. If they see their kids, kids grow up and like losing the imaginary friend and all this stuff, it, it really resonates with them. Yeah, totally. Well, that's the sort of the strongest part about the movie because as funny and charming and fun as it is, um, like they really do stick to the the metaphor of one's yep. mind being one run by one or one's emotions, and the ultimate sort of moral of it is that we need to the part of growing up is accepting that we can't be happy all the time. Yeah, we need to appreciate sadness and the sort of reflection that brings, which is like an incredibly mature message for a family film. In fact, most people go through like decades of yep. therapy before they come to with <laughs> that. I think it's essential. I mean, so many parents don't understand when their kids go through some sort of trauma or even yeah. any slight upheaval yeah. and they don't understand why they're acting out. I mean, that's an excellent way Absolutely. of explaining it. Oh, and sure. so many like adults don't understand when they go through that themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's it's, true. So it's like, I think I it was a, like a remarkably mature message to impart and they do it in a way that like never feels heavy handed on anything. It's exactly. very natural and a very sort of as Pixar does. Amusing way, as they do. And then there's also like little subtle things where they make, like when they, you, you jump into the parents' heads for a second and see their emotions, it just, they just have like little subtle touches like the mom's emotions are run by sadness yep. as opposed to joy and the father's run by anger, which like are very interesting, which is like a very interesting like psychological reading of those characters, but, they but also a throwaway gag that you could notice or not. And so there's a lot of that going on. But even at the end, they kind of went over like characters you see in the film and how their mind works too. Yeah. Like the teacher, they did one, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did a dog. They do a they dog. They did a cat. Yeah, yeah. 
And they're all like very funny, but also like very thoughtful and actually sort of, you know, explaining a little bit about how, you know, we function. And uh, yeah, I was incredibly impressed by that. And I think it's, you know, they've sort of, Pixar's sort of been lost making sequels lately. And uh, a Disney princess movie that didn't quite work. And I sort of began to wonder if they were ever going to snap out of the sort of the creative funk they were in. And and this definitely felt as good, if not better, as the movies they were making in their peak. I mean, this feels back to the kind of the up movies. Well, this yeah, is the same up director's up. Right? Yeah, same director's up and yeah. Monsters, uh, Monsters, Inc. I think it, it, the great director for this certain thing, and I think it did, it makes Pixar seem relevant again. For a while, it was kind of losing its relevance. It seemed, it, it seemed that way, just because they were so, yeah, commercially driven for a little while. I mean, I, I didn't need another Cars sequel, and, and also the fact that it was bleeding into what Disney does and what Pixar does, and you were losing that separation between yeah. the two. Well, that was the problem, was that they, when they signed their deal with Disney, Disney insisted contractually they do a certain number of franchises yeah, exactly. to sort of build a brand. And then at the same time, Andrew Stanton, who directed WALL-E, yeah. and uh, Finding Nemo left, and Brad Bird left, yeah. and then John Lasseter, who run it, he was also splitting his time between doing this and mm. making the Disney movies like Frozen and uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> so I think there was just sort of, it took a little while for them to find their place. This sort of proves that they're still capable of of doing what made them so amazing, and it was a relief to see yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. And also just one of the, I think it will undoubtedly be one of the best movies of the year. It's kind of, it's pretty, it's like easy to take for granted because it is very fun and colorful, but when you really sit down and think of what they it, it was a lot. Amazing it was a lot deeper than you'd usually expect for such a kid's movie to be. Totally. And, and it, fe- it felt like um, the first 10, 15 minutes of Up <coughs> was what this movie felt like. Yeah. So if you liked those first 10, 15 minutes where... It's kind of going through someone's life as they age, mm. seeing the joy, seeing the sadness, and kind of figuring out that it's all those parts together that make the person. Mm-hmm. That's basically turned into a movie. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, it, what, yeah, what's amazing is that it both like completely fulfills that element and then also does the comedy and adventure stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's, as well as there is some comedy, well. but they're also, even through like the adventure, there is some sadness there. Of course, but I'm just saying like the fact that they were able to do both. No, I mean, yeah. it, it's amazing they were able to do both yeah. and actually make it seem like a movie that kids could get through this easily. Yeah. Adults could get something out of it, and adults would get something out of it looking at their kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> so I really can't recommend it enough. It's the best thing they've done in a long time. Um, and, yeah, kind of an amazing little movie. So, yeah. So definitely better than Ted 2, although Ted 2 is worth watching if you like a good cum gay. Okay. And, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Because I don't think either, have any, any of us been playing anything? No, but I'm going to go home and play Batman forever there right you go. now. Batman Not Arkham. forever as a movie <laughs> adaptation. I mean, I'll be playing Batman. Yeah, you're going to be playing the movie the adaptation. There was a movie adaptation. There, there was, was. I remember. It was horrible. Yes. Yeah. Just play that. With that Mortal Kombat actor stuff. Just, just go play that right now. I don't think so. Okay. That was one of my most disappointing Jumbo Video rentals of all time. That was pretty bad. To, I don't want to revisit that moment in my life. It was a dark and sad time. It was. Along with Jumbo Video being a dark and sad time. Yeah, it was. Okay, so we're going to wrap up there. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at CGMagOnline. You can find everything we talk about along with all the reviews you heard us talk about on this show at CGMagOnline.com. We will have Phil's review of TED up by the time you're listening to this, Mm -hmm. along with many of our previews, along with some previews from people that are not on this cast. They They have been on the site already, but there will be more going up as the week goes on. Um, we also have our Best of Our E3 Awards, which will be going up soon. Stay tuned for that. There's also, you can follow us on Instagram at CGMegOnline. You can follow us on Google Plus at little plus sign CGMegOnline. Uh, from everyone here at CG Mag- CG Magazine, I wish you a great weekend. Also stay tuned because the new issue of the magazine will be coming out soon. It'll be in stores near you along with online on Megster, Pocket Megs, and any of the digital platforms you like buying magazines 
from. Pardon me. We will also have branded apps soon. So if you like CG Magazine and you want a specific app for that one magazine on your phone, that will be soon available. Stay tuned for more information about that. From everyone here at CG Magazine, I wish you a great weekend. Bye.